We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trying not to scorn everything with about 30, 33s or something. Yeah, I mean, we kind of felt that. We kind of feed off that energy. This place is amazing. Like, I, I really love, I really love Duke and I love... I'm in here. Mark Williams, beast mode. Paolo, first half, he had the cramping stuff. Fair enough. Beast mode. I think that video just froze for us. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think um, it, it might have froze last time, too. or it, I, I think it was delayed. I think it was delayed. This is great listening to the people who are only listening on Apple or Spotify. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh man, oh man, we got 300 in the spot on Twitter. Um, yeah, man, where do we start? Where do we start? Yes. I see all the comments. Yes, before <laughs> I guess the last moments of the game, <laughs> there was a lot to discuss. Where do y'all want to start? Let me see what the comments. Where do y'all want to start? I want to start with the foul. We can start with the foul just to get out the way. Because oh god, let me see what the comments say. Um, they taking a while, they taking a while. Let's start with the file, then. Let's start with the file. Yeah, someone said yeah. Ryan Young. Why are we gonna start with someone said start with flip? Oh, I mean, yeah, the so foul, let's start, the, yeah, let's go, go with the file. Let's go with the file. I mean, there's nothing to say, it was a foul, <laughs> like. Put it put it this way. Imagine I want anyone who is in the comments or who is listening to this who is not a Duke fan. Okay, you Just, know they're in here. Uh, no, Bruce Wayne is here. You know, like uh, let's let's say there's somebody here. Or let's say somebody is listening to this. Okay, who is not a Duke fan? Imagine your team, right? At home, and and put yourself in in the exact opposite shoes, right? Where your point guard. Is going up, gets hit on the crossover, gets hit again, makes contact on the shot, and no foul is called. Do you feel like that is the right no call in that scenario if it is your team, right? Because I don't think you do. I think anyone who is being honest acknowledges. And the thing that kills me is that the small clip on Field of 68 ignores the heavy contact on the crossover that's where the foul honestly should have been called in the first place and they didn't call it but also since he made both free throws it wouldn't have mattered either way right so like yeah. 
It's a foul. I'm the first one to say that I don't I, that I want guys to play. I don't want the refs to interfere, but it's a foul. You know, like it just it just is. I, I, I don't have much to say. I'm not even saying that Duke played well enough to win the game. They didn't. You know, didn't. We, we got we were fortunate to be in that position, considering that Duke should have been in a larger lead at that point. But right. it's also a foul, you know, and then Proctor, to his credit, made the free throws. Right. He didn't have to make the free throws. He could have missed. <laughs> he, he made he, he missed some last game. Right. Like he could have missed some free throws. He didn't. Duke wins the game. That's Listen, it. That's a foul during during the regular flow of the game. It's a foul right there. It's multiple fouls, in my opinion, kind of like Russ alluded to. The whole clip shows him getting kind of fouled the whole way. Um, they could have called it earlier, but it's a foul, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand what the uproar is. And then people said, People said, uh, oh, he got uh, Duke fouled on the full-court pass. Like, let's be real, bro. Let's be real. <laughs> let's be real, man. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I just don't see it other way. Kind of like I tweeted, shoot, Duke deserved that call. Whether it was a bad call, good call, we deserved that call after last year or flip against UVA anyway. So we will take that. Um, that was a foul. Next topic. Yeah, uh, Brad Brownell apparently is saying some butthurt shit about it, too. Oh, let me know. see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, apparently, he said we'd let in the last couple of minutes here before and got really close. We got this one to one second and had it taken from us. This is from Sports Talk SC. Um, Brad Brownell, man. I, I expect better from you, bro. You know, uh, if that's if that's actually a real quote, then that's a disappointing quote from him. I also think it's pretty funny – that rock chalk blog is uh, talking about uh, Duke uh, getting home court official help. (laughs) (laughs) Considering Kansas has the most blatant home court cheating in history. Like Duke has benefited from a kind home court whistle. I'm not sitting here denying that. Like we generally benefit from a kind home court whistle over a large period of time. That's a given. That's a given for any And it's a, definitely official uh as it pertains to the big name programs but kansas is number one with a bullet dude <laughs> like so come on we already had TC um, it out of a win earlier this year with kansas I, I i didn't i forgot to do an intro obviously this is the crazy cast um yeah, shout out sure. to the field of 68 <laughs> um bruce wayne yes for those listening we're planning on doing a collab this week with the unc pod um for the game kind of like you know the ogs followed us on twitter and you know been following our streams for a long time kind of like we did with kentucky um but that was during the pandemic oh we did do one before the kentucky game too um but yeah uh that that should be fun um yeah i I guess we could start talking about the actual game i guess let's start with the positive because we have a lot of negative to harp on i'm sorry that's just is what it is the positives, obviously, I think the two positives are Jared McCain and Tyrese Proctor. But specifically for me, Jared McCain, this was a game. I've been tweeting it kind of like the past week or two. Jared McCain just makes winning plays. He's a winning basketball player. And, you know, no matter what, if he has a bad game, if he's two of seven from three, two of nine from three, he's going to make willing plays at, at the end of the game. 
And, you know, the scoring was great. That's what he does. He could score the ball. But, you know, the extra possessions he created, the steals at the end of the game, that's something you can't teach, especially when it seemed like, you know, we were we were heading toward a knockout. Um, the team, I think it was flipped, missed two free throws. At that point, you think it's game over. But Jerry McCain continuously, you know, fought, fought got a steal, gave us an extra possession, um, did it again on the other end with the steal and the layup. Hey, man, that kid is legit, man. I hope we get a second year. I hope we get a second year because that kid is not playing like he's going to be back back at school next year. Um, but, yeah, Russ, what you got to say about Jerry? Uh, the only thing I have to say about him is the same thing that I've said a few times, which is it's n- none of his draft stuff when it comes to me projecting <laughs> whether he'll be back next year or not. None of it has to do with how well he plays this year, and all of it has to do with – is a guy at his height with his athleticism a realistic lottery pick after this particular one season, right? Um, you could make the argument, especially in a weak draft class, you could make the argument. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know exactly what NBA teams want. Yeah, this is a Gener- bad draft class. It's a bad draft really? class. But generally speaking, dudes that are 6'3 with marginal athleticism, I think is a reasonable thing to say, um, have to be like the best shooter in the draft. You know what I mean? Like in order to be a high yeah. like type pick. I, generally, speaking, I don't agree that. I don't agree with that fully. I think – In the last few years, you don't think? I think you, you have to be a uh, – I mean, he is a good shooter. I think you have to be a – Oh, just is. a well-rounded guard, and I think he is that. Like you could take it to the hoop, finish through contact. You have a second-level game, and obviously you could shoot the ball and shoot the ball off the dribble for one. I I agree with I, all that. Are you concerned about his athleticism as it pertains to playing defense on the perimeter at the NBA level? No, because I think he, he competes enough. Um, I mean, I don't mean to compare him to this player, but they're very similar. Maybe uh, the other player is a little bit stockier. Um, but Jalen Brunson doesn't have any of those traits you said. Um, you know, Brunson's he also the, a pure, he's a pure point guard and not a shooting guard. I do think Jared has more skill on the ball. We just haven't seen it because we don't need it from him. Um, I think we and have too many conflicting, conflicting guys. Um, I agree, but in terms of the draft, we haven't seen it, and I and I do think like to some extent that will matter in terms of how highly theoretically he could be drafted again nothing that i'm saying is to go against the idea that he is an elite college basketball player like i i think if he came back i i tweeted this in the middle of the game i think if he came back he'd be a player of the year candidate next season you know like he, he has everything that you want in a college basketball player my only question is does he think that he will make more money and have a great chance at that second contract that that rookie extension going after this year more than after a subsequent year and and nobody knows the answer to that it'll be it'll be jared either taking a leap of faith in himself based on wanting to go pro right away or how much he's loving duke and wanting to come back to duke it's all his decision at the end of the day i think there's no wrong choice for him to make uh but i do think that if he came back players like him contain a lot of upside in terms of in terms of climbing uh especially considering that next year's draft class um 
<laughs> All right. He's designed sexing me to pivot from NBA talk. Fair enough. You don't need to. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, uh, we, we get too deep into NBA talk. At no, this my, point, my, right? my point being, if he came back, I, I think there is a complete justification for him coming back. If he wants to go, that's sure. also fine. Sure. People are, are telling us to talk about flip. So I guess we can just talk about flip. We'll get to Tyrese later. Um, yeah, so where do we begin, man? Where do we where do we begin? Where... <laughs> oh, yeah. flip, man. Uh, you know, let me can can I begin with the positive, and then we can get to the negative, because the negative I think people want to talk about. You yeah, know, sure. His defense. Go ahead, talk about it, Mister A minus A. Oh, A, yeah. A flip, A A flip. Remember the, the A. Yeah, I, I saw a I lot know. of tweets. I saw a lot of a tweets this time. game. A at the time. A at the time. He wasn't the A at game. the time, brother. Well, it was a full, fair enough. Grade. Go ahead. Fair go enough. ahead. Yeah, I mean, he played good defense. Uh, and I think it's especially, and we've talked about this before on this show, we don't have a better option right now. So, like, at the end of the day, even if he's struggling offensively, like we just we need his defense period to be competitive in a game like this. Like, you know, I I don't think it's a coincidence that pl- on the plus minus side he was a nine today, and Sean Stewart and Ryan Young combined for a minus nine. Like, you know, not not their day. Defensively, Flip's day. Offensively, man, Flip is really struggling right now, and he's been struggling for a few games now, and it's really hard to overlook. Um, again, we, we've talked about some of the problems that we've had with it, the looking for contact rather than looking to finish, um, letting it, letting it seem like the frustration is getting to him more than, more than motivating him. It looks like it's, it's just like taking the wind out of his sails. Those are not things that you want. I agree with John that I think he can get out of it and, Look, at the end of the day, he made the big play that we really needed offensively down the stretch. I was surprised we went to him, given the game that he was having at that point. But also, you know, when you're when you're Shire and you believe this is your guy, uh, even if he's having a bad game, you go to him. And we went to him. It paid off, and he delivered. And so in that respect, and, and you know what? Also, even though I know he fouled out on it, when PJ Hall got that close to the rim, him making sure that his foul was hard enough that PJ had no chance of making that basket so that it was only two free throws instead of an and one, I think was also a a good foul, even if it was a fifth foul on his part. Um, So yeah, I'm worried. (laughs) I'm certainly worried. I definitely don't think he's a a realistic ACC player of the year candidate at this point anymore. Oh, now now you don't believe (laughs) I yo, hear so, yo, 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 let's, 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 hey, let's, if, if we review that, that pod that you had, that you thought Ryan had the craziest takes, your takes on flip look kind of crazy at this point. At the, I, at, sure. Considering we played three more games and he's had three bad games consecutively. Yes, I agree that it's, it's aged like old milk. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but I also, but we, we also, it doesn't change the fact that the team needs him the team needs him and needs him to deliver and uh we're gonna keep going to him and we're gonna need 30 
four minutes of him a game every game if we can going forward still because what he because of what he brings defensively so if if people want to throw him completely under the bus dude i get it he's not been good recently he hasn't and the and the numbers back that up especially the last four or five games the numbers uh, his numbers have, have plummeted <laughs> like his analytics yeah. have plummeted his on off numbers have plummeted like that's not a coincidence that it matches the eye test but but, but i mean I, it, I feel like, yeah, I feel like defensively, obviously, like you, you touched on, I think he was good tonight, first half. Um, PJ Hall was pretty much invisible the first half. Yeah. But PJ Hall finished with, let, well, let me see. Let me see what PJ Hall He finished, finished with 19 and 10 on 5 of 13 shooting. After 2 and 9. So he finished 2, 3, 3, 3 or 4. A lot got to the free throw line a lot. Obviously. If, if he was at, if he was at two and um, two and four, then yes. Or if he was at two and nine, then yes. Yeah. In his last four baskets, he made three, and he certainly got to the line a couple of times uh, later on down the stretch as well. Yeah, yes. and that's that's what we need from Flip. Like no one's saying even if these in these high level games you struggle early, at some point you got to turn it on for us. At some point when we're struggling to score, I mean Duke looked ugly. It looked ugly for us offensively. Like. If not for Tyrese Proctor playing, uh, you know, having uh, some hero ball shots, Jeremy McCain, you know, um, doing what he does offensively, this team would have been down 15. And that shouldn't be – that shouldn't happen. Like, And it was kind of my point all season. He just doesn't come through for us when we need it the most. Obviously, he had the big shot. I give him credit for that. But when yeah. we are dying, we are flailing, we are gasping for air. We are supposed to have our All-Americans step up in those moments, and he doesn't. And you know, um, he, he tonight, missed two free throws, and then he and then we got to put we got an offensive, a rare offensive rebound, and then we gave it to him again, if I recall correctly, and he missed kind of a bunny. Yeah, That's a bunny, that, yeah. the two things that have killed me this year about his play in general, uh, outside of the early fouls. Like I, I just mean exclusively offensively, uh, the finishing at the rim has not been what you would expect from a guy of his size. Uh, and then uh, the other thing uh, I had, Oh, and the other thing is the rebounding. I mean, today he had four rebounds. That's unacceptable. Like we, yeah. we got smashed on the boards. We lost the boards by nine today. Like uh, field, our field goal percentage, we were 41.2 field goal percentage, 42.9 from three. That means we shot worse from two then from three, which is pretty crazy. And Clemson shot 38.3% field goals, 30.4 from three. I mean, like we shot notably better than them, but they got six more assists than us and they got nine more rebounds than us. And they even, yeah. they even committed two more turnovers than us. Like yeah. th there's no reason when they are shooting worse than us and have more turnovers than us for the game to be that close. Like... I mean, it was very simple. And I tweeted during the game, like, we were finding every way to lose. Like, we lost the turnover battle, at least from what I saw. Um, maybe we came back at the end of the game. But we, we were did. losing the turnover. Oh, we did. We were losing the turnover battle. We were, we were getting smoked on the offensive glass. We're having defensive lapses. And we're missing free throws. 95% of that time, when you have all those things, you're going to lose the game. Somehow we yeah. found a way to win this game. Thank God. But 
we found every other we found every way to lose. And a lot of people will say, I see people say talking about Shire. Shire, I don't think he had a great game. Um but I don't think the players were like <laughs> like we were missing free throws. You can't you can't blame a coach for missing that many free throws. Like you can't blame a coach for missing that many bunnies at the rim. You can blame a coach for, you know, sub uh rotations and even, you know, at the end of the game I didn't love us put. I know we had to put Ryan back in for guarding PJ Hall, but Ryan also <laughs> Ryan Ryan also got switched on to Joe Girard to give him an easy bucket. So like, yeah, yeah, you the know. switch that that killed me. That killed me when they said, "Oh, they're subbing in Ryan Young for Jeremy Roach uh, for defensive reasons." <laughs> Jeremy Roach this season has been such a better defender than Ryan Young. Like, and I know Jeremy's beat up right now. I know he's hurt. I know he's not hundred percent, but like Jeremy knows where to be so well. And even though I do believe that Ryan knows where to be, you can't put Ryan on a guard ever, 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 or on a perimeter player. It doesn't even need to be a guard. If you put him on a big man out on the perimeter, he can't handle it. Like he is good. Ryan is really good in drop coverage. He is really good inside at taking up space and occupying space. On the outside, that is not Ryan's strength at all. And it put him in a position where he had to guard Joe Gerard on the outside, which was the most obvious thing. With the second they announced that, if I could have tweeted fast enough, they're going to give it to a guard and switch it on to Ryan Young, and it's going to be two points or three points. We were lucky it was two points. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's a huge gaffe. And that's also a, a, a problem in general. Right. Um, that's a problem on the season. What do you do in in lineups if your best defenders can't be on the floor because they're either injured or, or foul trouble or both? Um, yeah. And and our solution tends to just be put in somebody that can't necessarily play that role, but play the exact same way. And I, I don't think that's a winning – I think the but, people – I think people are overreacting, by the way. Like, Weave Truth saying he's a Division two center. He's clearly not that. He's clearly better than that. He is a very – he's just very good at what he does. Like, which is – he's a Big Ten center, right? He's a Big Ten 25-minute, 20 to 25-minute-a-game center. He can play drop coverage. He plays physical. He scraps. He cannot defend the perimeter at all. But he is good inside. He got as many rebounds as Flip, despite playing uh, half as many minutes as Flip today. You know, like no, that's not yeah. quite true. He played seventeen. Flip played twenty-four. But like Ryan is good at what he does. We just ask him to do more than what he should do. And Nazir, I think Ryan's better than a mid-major center. I think he is a high-major center. He's just not a. I mean, he's not a high level in terms of like high minutes he's not a high role level player at the high yeah minute. but i mean he for he's me yes I, agree. I, I don't even think that's the, the conversation that he's what level of a center he is i just think at points at points like he he the the thing that was killing me tonight was the the getting the ball under the rim number one that blown layup was crazy um <laughs> Then the second time he would pump fake, put the ball down, and I think he got stripped. Like you were supposed to be a veteran big man. Like yeah. you are supposed to look, you were supposed to be the stabilizer. And if you are such a low post scorer that you are, like that your reputation is, in moments like that, you cannot look like a freshman. And he looked like a freshman at points. That was only like my biggest thing with Ryan. Um, but I do agree that we had to play him at points because 
I mean, Sean, Sean, Sean struggled tonight. He saw him struggle yeah. tonight, and you saw his teammates kind of um, get on him. Like, get on. I, I, I saw Tyrese get on him a little bit, and I saw Jeremy try to, you know, keep his confidence up. You know, he Sean yeah. would be pouting. Jeremy tried to clap. And it's just like, you know, he's going to have moments like that because he's, he's a freshman. And like we said, he's a freshman that doesn't play often. So sometimes he will be a deer uh, in the headlights. But, you know. I think that's kind of that's where we can blame Shire in that right is not developing these guys for these moments. Um, like some a guy like TJ Power, I get, I get it. You know, this is probably not the game for him, but we need to develop a bench at this point because I think right yeah. now, especially with Jeremy out, we can't trust anybody off the bench to be consistent. Yeah, and, uh, we. I mean. Well, it's it's broken record at this point though Z because we we have people who say well at this point it's too late to develop a bench and they might be and they might be right they might be right but then that's a failure of the staff over time you know that's a yeah. failure of the staff early in the season to not develop the bench more um uh, or to you know give them more opportunity to fail i i admit that i missed the Sean Stewart minutes today for the most part um, so I can't really comment on it. But also, yeah. we said before this game, this was not a matchup for Ryan Young. Uh, it just wasn't. Like, that was a given from the word go. And we still played him 17 minutes, and we did, and we played Sean uh, 7, right? Remember that game that Ryan Young had such a terrible first half, like a, an abysmal, horrible, I like, can't play him first half? And then in the last four minutes of the game – he made a couple of really key plays and we were like, Oh shit. Like, okay, here we go. This is why Ryan Young's out there. You have to give Sean Stewart some minutes like that, even if they're dodgy, because you, you have to let him, you have to give him multiple opportunities. If the second he makes a couple of mistakes in a row, you just never see him again for the rest of the game. The bench will never be ready for March. It just never. Um, and at this point, I tweeted this too, and people don't want to like hear this, but like our resume is already teetering on the brink. You know, it is really, really dicey. It's teetering on the brink. Oh man, and this would have this would have killed it. it this would have killed it a hundred percent if we had lost it, the regular season as a wrap. You know, to some extent, I, I hate to say it, but it's true. Um. At this point, we need, for the end of the year, we need health. First and foremost, we need health. And second of all, we do need some confidence in younger players. Like, yeah. we do. We need to play eight guys. We can't play seven guys. We need eight guys, eight and a half guys, really. And we're not playing those guys. So, like, you, if you asked me, is it better if we fight and scrap and scrape and we get a four seed? <laughs> <laughs> but we're not healthy and we only have six and a half players that we can play, or is it better for us to be a six or seven seed and have a deeper bench and be healthy? I, I don't know the answer to that without seeing what the matchups would be in the tournament. It's not a great situation either way. It's bad. I'm not sitting here and pretending it's good, but yeah. we need the bench to be ready and we need full health. If we're, if we, if we lack either of those things, it's going to be a short March. I'm afraid. 
Yeah, and uh, like it's it's tough because obviously Jeremy's not healthy. Um, yeah, and he you know, you need him to he be healthy bad. for March. Yeah, he didn't look great tonight, and I was surprised he really played today. Personally, I still would have sat him today. I know we had a yeah. still had a close game, but it's the long run at this point, and you know, risking him getting hurt even more in these I games. Agree. It's dangerous, you know. It's because once we, if we lose Jeremy for the season, season's over. <laughs> y'all, y'all better get ready for Cooper because season's over at that point. Yeah. So you know, I think we just got to be careful. Um, and the fact we don't have you know reliable players after him is you know kind of uh, that's on our staff, like you said. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It'll be interesting to see what happens Monday because this is a quick turnaround and, you know, it's traveling to Virginia. I mean, Virginia is not that far, but it's still the fact of traveling um, and playing a game. Um, we also always lose there. <laughs> we yeah. always lose there. <laughs> it's going to be a crazy environment, um, you know, and this was not a good performance at all. Not a good performance at all. We had, we had zero Jalen Blake's minutes tonight. Jalen Blake's was – I was surprised. I was surprised about that. Is he hurt? No, nah, he's like, healthy. I can't believe we played 25 minutes of Jeremy with him looking like that. Uh, and risking our season when Jalen Blakes is there. I'm not saying that Jalen Blakes can deliver the the threat of scoring that Jeremy does. You know, obviously Jeremy is just being used out there as a bit of a uh, uh, as a bit of a decoy, right? Like he wasn't being asked to like do a lot on offense other than keep the defense honest. I get in that respect. But he couldn't defend – like, he's not mobile at all. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So, so, like, it, all it takes is Jeremy – like, he fell over, like, with four minutes left or whatever after one play. I was concerned it was a wrap for Jeremy. Every time he falls over, we're going to be like, it's a wrap unless he's healthy. Like – Yeah. Bad, I, I don't understand – to Ernie B's point, I don't understand why this team doesn't press more. I don't understand why we don't push the tempo more. I there are a lot of questions, man. I, I just think Yeah, you know, I, I don't understand why we're not pressing. I thought I thought we were showing us uh beginning of the year that okay, we're gonna be a pressing team and for to have so many guards and have not athletic dudes, but at least small guys that can, you know, um 
press. We don't do it at all. Caleb Foster tonight was, you know, again, more or less a non-entity, right? Um, non, non-impact non player. Again, he's a freshman. I don't really blame him for that. He's learning. It's, it's a process. Uh, freshmen get a, a pass from me, especially in like January, early February. You're figuring shit out. I get it. Um, but you know what Caleb can do is he can defend on the ball. Like off ball, he's very dicey, <laughs> as most freshmen are. On ball, he's got size. He's he's got IQ. Um, McCain gets into players on ball. Obviously, Jalen Blake's gets into players on ball. Proctor gets into players on ball. I just I, like there must be a reason, and I'm just not smart enough to see it, right? Uh, because I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to be a coach, so I, yeah. I don't I don't know the answers to these questions. Maybe it's because flip. Uh, maybe it's because we have flip and flip. Uh, already has to run a lot and they're trying to conserve him a little bit because we don't have stuff. I mean, Sean Stewart on the ball is pretty good, dude. Like generally he's been good on the ball and he's got size. I just, I don't know what I, I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get it. Who's the tweet? Adrian, who tweeted this Uh, for the listeners? It says, you see the tweet saying anyone watching Sean Stewart. I have a suspicion. 25 or under. <laughs> ooh, ooh. It's probably somebody that's 60 or older. Oh, <laughs> Zion. Oh, 60 or older. Oh, blue domination. <laughs> that, that guy. Um, I've had a couple guy. of drinks today. I don't give a shit. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, man. The, the worst guy on the on the Twitter sphere. Um, <laughs> respectfully. Or disrespectfully. You had the worst guy respectfully. <laughs> disrespectfully. All disrespect. Um. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like we saw last last game why you know there's value to playing him, you know. Um, no one is saying, <laughs> our grants. No one is saying um, he has to play 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes a game is fine, you know. He just you got to use him wisely, you know. And I did think I I don't know how much we saw the Mark Flip, um, Sean lineup tonight. I don't think we saw it at all. Maybe because Flip was in foul trouble, but that was a great defensive lineup um, last game, you know. And I think we we needed to tap back more into that because you leave Sean on an island sometimes, especially manning the five. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Sometimes he gambles, but you know, if we use him in the right situation, I feel like that lineup is a good situation for him. Um, we should play like he should be on the court, especially when we don't have a bench. Duke form OT. I don't know what it is. Respectfully, Duke, Duke just got Duke just got obliterated inside. I mean, like they like Clemson took uh, their field goal attempt rate tonight uh, five point six percent above league league average. Their per, their percentage of shooting at the rim ten point one percent above league average. When you combine that with the fact that we got smoked on the glass, like. That's a that's just such a bad combination of things. That's not a winning recipe. I realize that Duke wants to just get back and play transition, so we're not trying to hit the offensive glass at all. But we lost on the defensive glass, and and Clemson's a good defensive rebounding team uh, or a good uh, offensive rebounding team. But I mean, they got all eleven offensive rebounds today. Like, what are we doing on the defensive glass if we're allowing them to get? 
11 off. Like that's, that's insane to me. Like, and again, that's where Sean Stewart, just even the potential of Sean Stewart plays, you know, like I'm not saying it would have gone well. Maybe we play him more and we lose. I don't know, but, but we have to play him more for March. We have to. Like we, we do not like right now. We do not have a bench. Like we're we're lucky enough to I guess bring, you know. We have six players and we we have six players and Ryan Young. We have six players and then yeah. matchup dependent. We have Ryan Young, and that's it. We're not playing Jalen Blake's consistently. We're not playing Sean Stewart consistently. We're barely playing TJ Power. Uh, I we're just not playing them at all. So. Yeah. I don't know what the point is. We're going to end up, you know, what's funny is so many, I, I, I boy, people aren't going to be happy that I'm saying this. A lot of people said because we were ranked so highly preseason because we returned a bunch of people, people were like, oh, that's kind of like UNC last year, huh? And we were like, nah, 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 it's not like UNC. But you know what one of the worst things UNC did last season was? Didn't play the bench at all. You know yeah. what I mean? They played no bench last year at all. That's why they all transferred. But that's why they all transferred. And I tell you what, Duke is going to have a not insubstantial amount of transfers this offseason. I, I would be surprised if that's not the case. Like, I'm I, I'm not saying I wish it happens. I don't want it to happen. I want us to return players. And I'm not saying I know that players are transferring. Again, I, I don't know. But if it but if the number is fewer than three, I would be stunned. I'd be stunned. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, uh, Grant is right. We have to have Stewart ready in case we face some physical SEC team. But more than that, honestly, Grant, it it also comes down to starters. Like Flip has to get us fifteen and and nine in that game at minimum on on decent efficiency. You have to have Mark Mitchell healthy in that game. You have to have Jeremy Roach healthy in that game. Like this, like part of the part of the problem with last year's loss to Tennessee was the starters weren't there. We didn't have Mark, you know, and then, and then that kind of was that. Um, I I don't know. There's just a lot of questions, man. And, you know, UNC winning again tonight, obviously they struggled, but it was on the road in a tough place to win. Uh, like UNC is legit, man. I got, I got nothing else for him, bro. I, I know. I tried, I, I tried to find the loopholes, bro. At this point, bro, they're winning every road game, every road game. Even and if the home even games, when they see the home games, they're blowing teams out. And the home yeah. games, they're blowing teams out. Duke is not. Duke's not blowing out teams at home. Why? Why not? Well, you could ask yourself a few questions about that. You could say maybe it's particular players. You could say it's the coaches. You could say it's some combination. Uh, you could say it's roster construction. I'd say that falls on coaches, roster construction. But, uh, you know, there's a lot – there are a lot of questions to be had. Um, and again, Duke down to 15th and Ken Palm on, on Torvik, we're, we're abysmally low. <laughs> we're, we are not in good shape on, uh, we're 26th uh, in Torvik, which honestly like feels a little more correct than 15th. If we're being real. Yeah, I don't even Torvik know. Projects, I don't, uh, you know, I don't care about that. He projects us as a five seed. Would you project us as higher than a five seed right now? No, nah, we we look like a seven seed right now. Truthfully, that's that's like, what that's, I'm saying. Like twenty six feels more right than fifteen. 15 a lot of what I'll, I'll be very honest. If if college basketball adopted the we're not going to rank teams until January first, 
that would affect the whole landscape of college basketball because even our team like us, right now we're eating off the fact, even with the AP poll and all that, we're eating off the fact that we were ranked number number two in preseason. We are very much eating off of that. You know, Baylor was a good win, but outside of that, it hasn't been great for us, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I'll i say just to to do a slight defense, you know, so what I said, we're 26th in, in Torvik for the season. January 1st and forward, I just looked it up because I was like, well, clearly January 1st and forward, we're going to be terrible. We're 28th, you know, like we're we're not abysmal because that Pittsburgh game, I think, like elevated us pretty substantially. I'm going to look up January 10th and on that. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm scrolling, dude. Yeah, January 10th and forward, we are 89th, right? Like that's yeah, – and, and that covers our last four games, right? That covers the last two and a half weeks. We're 89th in that span. That that feels right. Duke has not played well in the last two and a half weeks. Uh, we played really badly. Kansas is not eating off that uh, barley because they have – they have, they're playing in a tough conference, a way tougher, way tougher conference. And and they do have probably more signature wins than us. At this Kansas point. in the last two and a half weeks, they're three and three, right? And I and granted, we are four and one in the span that they are three and three. But uh, I guarantee they don't have a loss. Well, they have the West Virginia loss. That's tanking them to some extent. But their wins in that stretch are definitely going to be better. And furthermore, they are what did I what did I just look up? They're 17th in the same span that we're 89th. I mean, like that's because they beat uh, Cincinnati, they beat Oklahoma. Uh, honestly, that includes the UCF loss too. So if you include their two worst losses of the season and today's loss, they are still 17th because all three of them were on the road and none of them were too an abysmal ass team at home like our loss was, you know, like, yeah, yeah. that, that tanks your resume. I tried to tell people how bad that was. And they're like, ah, two starters though. And it's like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you have to win. You have to win. There's no excuse. Yeah. At some point we got to like, you know, look at reality. You know, you should be, if you are a national championship team, I get two starters are out, but you should be, still be able to win those type of games. Like it's, it's not there's nothing to excuse those type of losses at that point. But you know Duke in the Duke in the last in the last six games we're one and five against the spread. I mean, like we are we are really underperforming from what people would accept would expect yeah. uh in last in the last month. And that's yeah. and that's not promising. I mean, like we we were all hoping that the Georgia Tech Arkansas like swoon was the bad part. But, like, the bad part might be this week. That might be the bad yeah. part. I will say, though, like, I see these que- – I've seen it all Twitter all day. I've seen it on, you know, these comment sections talking about, you know, UNC, we're going to get blown out by 20. As I said last episode, the rivalry doesn't work like that, bro. You could be struggling all you want, and that day you you could somehow win that game. It's, it's very uns- – that rivalry is very unscripted. So – Cut yeah. that we're gonna lose by twenty. It just don't work like that. We've seen we it. We rarely teams rarely lose by that much in the in the rivalry. It just so rarely happens. Yeah. I, yeah. I would expect that we would fight. I mean, if you don't fight, 
then I think that speaks volumes for the team. Yeah. Um, but, but I, if, but I, if, it's a fight. Yeah. If we get blown out, then there's an issue with the team. There's an yeah. issue with the team. There's a big and problem you know, with this team. I see this comment here from Weave Truth. Kyle Hurt, Jeremy Hurt, Mark Hurt, Tyrese Hurt. That ain't excuses. Uh, yeah, but you know what? You know what the problem is with that, though, is that it the resume doesn't care. Like, the resume is what it is. Like, if, if every team has injuries. I, I know that there are a couple of teams that don't have injuries, but, like, every team has guys that get nicked up, that get beat up, that are – that, and that's why you develop a bench, first and foremost – is so then that's not a problem. And second of all, the, the other teams that are hurt aren't losing the teams that are so inferior to them, like Pittsburgh at home or Georgia Tech on the road. Like Georgia Tech has won uh, one game at home in conference. One. To us, they lost to Boston College. They lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Virginia. They lost to Pittsburgh. They've only beat Duke minus Tyrese Proctor. The same Duke minus Tyrese Proctor that beat Baylor. So I don't I don't accept that the loss of Tyrese Proctor uh, is the only re, is well. We clearly lost to Georgia Tech because we were down Tyrese Proctor. Neutral court, we beat Baylor. Baylor is five times better than Georgia Tech. <laughs> like yeah. I. You know, we, we just can't make excuses. Like, we can acknowledge that there are injuries that are that are diminishing uh, our upside, but those are not excuses for the losses. They're not excuses for the underperformance. And uh, they're also a practical reality of, of yeah. the seeding that we're going to end up with at the end of the day, and the seeding is going to be bad. It's not going to be what Duke fans expect. Right. So moving on, I guess um, we don't have to preview UNC because we only got to do pl plenty of that. But specifically Monday, Georgia Tech – oh, Georgia Tech. Virginia Tech, you thinking we win this game? No, I'm not. <laughs> mm. I, You know what? I'm going to say this just so it's a, so it's a jinx against me, uh, Zion, because uh, it's, always been, <laughs> it's always been bad when I say this. Put your mortgage on it, dude. We're not winning Monday. <laughs> like, there's there's no way. We have lost five of six at Castle in Blacksburg. We've lost five of the last six. And the game in 2015, the seventh game, we barely won. It was in overtime, right? We don't win there. We tend to not win there. So what, what about this team has given you the confidence that we would win against this Virginia, team, Virginia Tech team at Virginia Tech, right? Like and, and if somebody wants to say in the comments why they have confidence that this Duke team will beat Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech when a series of much better Duke teams has won at Virginia Tech, then I'm dying to hear it. I'd love for Duke to win at Virginia Tech. I'd be over the moon. I, I'm rooting for it. I'll be there with bells on. But, <laughs> but I don't see it happening, especially given that the next game is at UNC. Like, generally speaking, over the years, the game before a UNC game, we struggle because we're looking ahead. We can't help it. It's human nature. So when you combine that with the fact that Virginia Tech, we're, five, uh, we're one in five in the last six games there, I mean, put your mortgage on it, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Thanks, Zion. Uh, let me see Virginia Tech's last couple games. Just out of curiosity. I'm gonna pick Duke. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm about to pick Duke. Um, Virginia Tech's last couple of games have been against bad teams. They beat State at State, 
Oh, and then they beat, they beat Boston Tech. College at home, but not by a lot. I actually watched that game. That was a pretty unimpressive performance. And then they absolutely massacred Georgia Tech, obviously. Today, they, uh, they smoked Georgia Tech. That's a bad sign. That is a bad sign. Yeah, they're not sleeping, that's for sure. Couture is, is having a game on Monday because oh. we already know. He already come. He don't. He don't have to be. He don't even have to have a good season. Like I don't even think he's having a good season. But we know. <laughs> if, Hunter Couture if is coming is, on Monday. You know, dude, he is having a good season. You know what he's shooting from the three point line in conference play so far, Zion? What forty eight percent? Fifty three percent. Fifty three percent, and that's on volume. That's on like four and a half shots a game. You know, that's that's a decent volume for that. Uh, look, I, Padula and Couture, I think, are going to go off. Uh, it'll be an interesting game in the sense that Virginia Tech wants to play a true big man. Um, like, they, they want to play – they want to start two guys that are 6'9 and 6'10. So, do we expect to see some flip and Ryan Young uh, on Monday? Absolutely. But I tell you what, Mike Young is a smart coach, and and he'll just uh, he'll drag Ryan Young out to the perimeter and let Padula and, and Couture cook him if if Duke doesn't uh, if Duke doesn't adjust and have a game plan prepared, then then that's Cookville. That's that's roasty toasty is what that is. I'll say this: and the fact they do play a a true big man. I'm predicting a, a, a flip classic. A yeah. flip classic. Um, this this is the sort of game. This is the sort of game where if you want to uh if you want to show people that the last four to five games that he's played that have been not good, if he wants to show people like I mean I forget, maybe the really big game was in that stretch. I don't remember. But generally speaking, that range of games he has not played well. Uh yeah. If he wants to show people, hey, uh, I'm still worthy of the conversation, <laughs> like I'm still worthy of all American talk, I'm still all these things, then when you go to Virginia Tech, you have to beast. You have to beast. Yeah, Jonathan cracking some jokes in the comments uh, about about Flip's uh, layup making. Uh, yeah, he's got to make he's got to make his shots at the rim when they're starting guys who are they're going to play six nine six ten. At the four and the five, they're going to play six nine six ten. So you yeah. know, if, if they're going to do that, then flip being the tallest guy on the floor, the biggest guy on the floor. Generally speaking, you have to make your layups. If if switches happen because Duke's going to run some actions too, then you got to get you got to get them the ball. You got to, <laughs> you know, if he gets Tyler Nickel down there or whatever, you know, put put Tyler Nickel in the hurt locker, man. Like you you've got to do it. But yeah, I, I expect I expect them I expect them to, to give us a, a classic foot night um, where he drags their bigs out of out of the lane too. But how do you do? I last think this year? Let me see. I'm um, looking up right now, dude. Last year he scored 29 points, 10 rebounds uh, at Virginia Tech, even though he lost. And that and was then, a better front line. And that was at a least. better front line because they had uh, Mutz down there and Basile. Uh, then at Duke, uh, Flip only uh, did twelve and three 
but also that game, uh, we had a very big lead uh, at the beginning of the second half, and we just didn't need him. So okay, I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to like read too much into that. I, I generally agree. This should be a game where Flip beasts out. Um, yeah, I mean he has to. This this yeah. is a this is a week, and someone said I think it was Bruce that Ramonda Baker is going to cook him. That's not going to happen. But um, this is a week he has to prove himself. Uh, we need him on Monday, and then Saturday is going to be the game at Carolina um, against Baycott. You know, I think this is going to be his kind of litmus test. Where how are we going to evaluate really how your season? You know, it ain't going to be an A minus. It's, it's going to be it's going to be based off of uh, these two games right here. If you're getting an A minus from my B plus. Yeah, I mean, Flip did well last year against UNC, obviously, but uh, but it was while Lively was playing. Although the second game uh, at the Dean Dome, Lively didn't play that much due to foul trouble. It was mostly Flip, and uh, Flip got twenty two and thirteen. I mean, like, oh yeah, Flip was Flip was down the stretch, especially that game. I think he was Flip won us that game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Flip won us that game. So he's clearly capable. Like, he's been capable this whole time. That's the whole thing. Like, I have so much faith that Flip can be the guy. And not just the guy. He can be the guy on a Final Four team. I completely believe that he can be the guy on a Final Four team. But his consistency has not been there this season. And so he's got – this is the week to do it, man. This is the week to do it. If you can go off on the road at Virginia Tech and at UNC, you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to make a lot of money. And you're going to show the world that the last couple of weeks of very real struggles, you know, uh, you can leave them behind you. You can do that. I have, I have faith in the man. I have faith in the man. I do not see Flip coming back junior year. <laughs> no, that's not happening. He'll also – I, I know we don't want to talk NBA, but like he'll get drafted even if people are like, oh, oh his struggles or whatever. Teams aren't going to be drafting him this year to be the best player on the team. They're going to be drafting him to be the third or fourth best player on the team. And like when you're a four man and you can do all the things that he can do, like imagine what Flip could do on this team if he was not the number one option, if he was the fourth option or whatever. Like he'd be dynamite. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. He'll be yeah, fine, and I think, I think NBA NBA scouts will see that. Yeah, we'll see though. We'll see. Big week coming up. Big week. Um, Huge week. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, we maybe be back. We'll be back Monday. Um, we we'll might. We Monday. might have a lot. Of, a lot of content next week because Monday, then possibly the Duke UNC show, then the UNC post game show. So. We'll be we'll be we'll be active. We'll be active. So tap in with us. You know, you know the drill. Subscribe, like, all that. Um, on podcasts or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and hit that you know, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Hit, hit that thumbs up on YouTube. Um, no, you will not get no shout out, Bruce. Um, but <laughs> you've you know. gotten enough today, Bruce. <laughs> Haven't you gotten enough yeah, today? You yeah, know what man. I mean? Yeah, man. You getting way too many. Shout outs, man. Um, but he's here. But we, <laughs> we appreciate y'all for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Big, big week. Big week, man. Sure. Oh, God. Let's pray, baby.
We get a thumbs up uh, to end it at the end of the day. We won. We won. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>